Welcome back to the Turn on the Music podcast. This is episode 29, three weeks in a row. I'm Kyle. And this is a special episode because we have uh, a returning guest who I'm going to introduce first today. So here we go. Your mind. It is the center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. So we have Darren back. Darren, welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. What, what a, what a, a profound good. introduction. I, I, I'm humbled by that. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How and then we got here? CJ here. So, CJ, what's up? Hey. Hey. <laughs> that was uh right. that, yeah like uh darren said that was a very uh where is that from that's the total recall trailer. is it is it is the troll recall, yeah, right yeah, okay yeah. i couldn't remember <laughs> i didn't even catch the reference that that's awesome that's even better, <laughs> even better. so I, i'll give i'll give cj one too so you got a lot of nerve showing your face around here that's from Total Recall as well. So. Yeah, that is. That's too funny. <laughs> I heard that during the trail. I went, yeah, that's perfect. We got to add that one in there. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are you tonight? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. How about you, CJ? And Kyle, how are you? I'm, do- I'm doing all right. I'm just impressed Kyle to remember again how to introduce himself. Yay. <laughs> it's starting to get a, a, a habit now. So maybe, maybe we'll, we'll be okay going forward. I doubt it, but. Yeah, <laughs> I have to, I have to. How many, up, how many episodes? To, this is three weeks in a row. I've introduced myself. Yeah, how many how many episodes you have to do it in a row for it to become a habit? Right? It's I don't know. Twenty seven episodes I, in a I row. Like that. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not. <laughs> the problem is, I've done it what twenty six times without it, and now three times with it. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll catch on. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would like to 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 state that we uh we have exactly nine hundred and ninety one downloads. We're nine yes. shy from a thousand downloads. So you are going to put cool. us over a thousand, sir. Yeah, you will definitely I put us over so. a thousand. Congratulations! That's a great yeah. achievement, a great accomplishment. I, I've been listening to you guys every week, enjoying it uh, mm-hmm. all the way through. Uh, I have not listened to my own. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, my, my mom has and my friends have, but uh, I have not because I, I just, felt that I was just listening to it on mute so we get the so we get the listen. So <laughs> that's true, right? Uh, it's, it's downloaded, but it's, it's not listened to. So uh, or that's yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that I do. But um, did anyway, you, but yeah, did you last time any... I was here, I was so excited and, and nervous, and I felt like I was talking a million miles an hour. Uh, I probably I probably will still do the same thing here, but I'll try to be a little bit more uh, sedate and a little more under control. So I think it sounded great, so I'm not worried. Oh, great. Yeah, Thank what you. did you get any feedback from your family and friends that listen to it? <laughs> My mom thought it was fantastic uh, as as always, right? right? <laughs> Mother's love that. But um yeah, I mean the, the few who listened to it enjoyed it and that that was cool. Good. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um So what are you guys listening to? Anything anything out of the ordinary? Anything good? Anything bad? Yeah, I, I uh I think I might have mentioned when I was last on that uh, I do watch uh, a, a show or a channel uh, called Twitch, and Twitch has all kinds of streams of, of all of all sites and and sizes and types. Um, and so over over the uh, past couple of years that I've been watching Twitch, 
I've seen gaming uh, streams. I've seen you know, every kind of stream you can possibly think of. But recently I came across one that is a gentleman in Montreal uh, named Sam. And his channel is Vinyl Junkies. And Sam is a vinyl collector. He has, I think, something like 9,000 uh, records. And when he streams, wow. it's, just him, it's just him sitting at his two, two turntables. And he's got his wall behind him and a, another room sort of elsewhere or, you know the camera there's a camera there as well and it's just it's it's what i imagine for myself with books he has with records and it, it's incredible i mean he just has them everywhere you could possibly think mm. um and he'll play anything and everything you can possibly think of so in listening to that over the past couple of weeks i've listened to all kinds of cool things he had some reggae beatles he had some um wow some metal that i've never even heard of these bands he had some uh, mm. in, very early industrial stuff like Skinny Puppy and things of that nature. Uh, he played some 80s, some like middle of the road 80s that everyone's going to know. Um, really cool stuff. And he seems like a, a pretty cool guy. And uh, so that, that was pretty cool. Some, some um, exposure to things that I otherwise would never have listened to. And uh, in that, two albums came to mind. There's a band called Sugar, which I think is a, a subset of, of another band called Husker Du uh, from, I believe, the late mid to late 80s, maybe. Uh, into the early 90s and this band is called sugar and in hearing it on his channel um i was enthralled i was like this is really cool sounding so i downloaded that i haven't listened to the whole thing aside from that twitch stream but so far so good from what i've heard and then another band nice. that i think i think is pretty recent called idols i-d-l-e-s uh and their album is called ultra mono uh m-o-n-o -O. um and that seemed pretty cool as well so that was new and then something old I listened to, uh, somehow I got a link to um, an ELO song, Electric Light Orchestra, the, the old uh, sort of Beatlesque uh, orchestral kind of thing from the 70s and 80s and got into them and was uh, trimming my hair uh, and playing some ELO the, the other night at like three in the morning, I think it was. I hope the person downstairs didn't, didn't mind it too much. So uh, <laughs> great stuff. Though. I, I love ELO and Jeff Lynn. Nice. So that was me. Awesome. CJ, what about you, sir? So, um, I, as I was talking to Kyle prior to you getting on, Darren, I was on Twitter and, uh, as, as we, uh, as you know, we've, we've met D Schneider a couple of times while working yeah. in the mall. So I happened to follow him on Twitter and I think, I think his tweets are fantastic, uh, both for many, many reasons, both politically, both musically, you know, all that stuff. But he did send out a tweet the other day that kind of stood out to me and I thought it was very interesting. So it reads, so how many bands do you listen to that you can put all their albums on shuffle and never skip a song? So he says in, I had one ACDC. So basically he could play all his, their albums and never skip a song. And he goes, all my other faves have tracks I can live without. Then he states, now I have one more, I'm assuming like a recent find, and the group's, band, the group's name is Monster Truck. They have seven albums, and he goes, not a bad track on them. And then um, hmm. he says something that I can't read out loud because there's a lot of cursing in it. <laughs> so, and, and it's really funny. So I thought that was very interesting, and, but what I thought of, I was like, let me go listen to Monster Truck out of curiosity because I'm just curious. So I'm going to play a song from their latest album just for the heck of it it's called monster truck warriors and this is the title track
unexpectedly I like the whole, like and I just listened to the whole album. And I and I love that um like they have like a um you know, like on Apple Music it says like the name of the album, it says the name of the, the group, and then underneath that it says just out for a rip, are ya, bud? Here's your soundtrack. And like the whole soundtrack, like I've gotten through probably the first when I started listening to like the first four or five songs. Um, and then I, for some reason I listened to a podcast, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was actually, it was really good. So I, I ask you, both of you and whoever wants to answer, I know Kyle, you have to still share what you've been listening to, but what group could you play all their albums and never skip a song? I, I propose that question. So before the question's answered, it'll give Darren some time to think about it. Kyle, what have you listened to? Like anything interesting? Um, I've gone back to uh, Stanley Clark. Oh, okay. uh, Stanley Clark is a is a brilliant bass player. We mentioned him a couple times in the podcast, and he's also a composer. He's done soundtracks for or scores for for movies and stuff. Um, and I. I He's just got. He has so many albums out, so he is not going to be on the list because he's got like twenty something albums, <laughs> um, and it's hard to. I mean, his stuff is all great, but I don't know that I could do every single album without skipping one. Um, partially because there are some that I like so much that I'd go back to them and skip other ones. Um, but one of the albums that he he um, he came out with recently it was two thousand eighteen, I think, an album called Up. Uh, this is called Pop Virgil. <laughs> So he played with a group called Return to Forever, which was big uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Played with Chick Corea and Al Di Miola. And Chick Corea wrote a song called No Mystery, which is by far my favorite Return to Forever song. And then Stanley covered it on his album called uh, The Stanley Clark Band, which featured uh, Ronald Brunner Jr. on the drums and Hiromi on the piano. It sounds like this. So it's very fusion jazz. It's it's great stuff, um, but that's what I've been listening to a lot of Stanley Clark the last couple of days. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, can you answer that question? Or should we go to Darren first? 
Let's go to Darren first. Darren, what? What? If he's fruit? got an answer, if not, you got an answer. Try. It's. I thought it would be hard, but it's actually easier than I had thought. I have to go very standard, very, very typical, very typical for a lot of people, but it's got to be the Beatles. Um, for me, they, they are the foundation to so much of what I love, uh, to almost everything that I love musically. So, um, and I was thinking about the few songs that I don't love necessarily, but even there, I've listened to like the White Album. There's a couple of tracks in the White Album that I don't love as much, like Revolution Nine. Although it's, it's an interesting piece of art, I don't know that I would want to listen to it for enjoyment necessarily all the time. But um, but I wouldn't skip it, you know, and I have not skipped it when I listen to the White Album, for example. So just, just, just as one example. So I think they're the only band that I can think of that I would definitive, definitively not skip anything. Uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates might be close. I know that they were sort of my Beatles growing up in a sense, or my second Beatles, I guess. Um, there aren't so many tracks by them that I don't like, so that would be, be close. So those would be the two that come come to my mind. That's interesting. Kyle, that must make your heart sing because Beatles being one of your favorite groups to hear <laughs> Absolutely. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you did um, anything come up for you? Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm going through my, my music just to make sure I I don't miss anyone. I think I've got three of them. And some of them might be a little bit cheating, but Well, I mean that's what you do because last week we were supposed to do something. You still yeah, didn't sure. follow the rules. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go. So Victor Wooten for sure is on the list. I can't think of a song that I wouldn't listen to. Uh, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones would be number two, so they're kind of related. Um, and then Ethan Mikesell, who is my buddy, uh, who's a fabulous guitar player living in New York. Um, his albums are shorter, you know, seven or eight tracks a piece, and he's only got three of them, so it's a little bit easier of a catalog. But all of his stuff is great, and I, I listen to it all the time. That's cool. So, I think cool. it's a fantastic question, and I think we need to add it to our uh, I, list. Of I like that question too. Yeah, yeah let's let's definitely add it. To. And now you get to answer the question. Yourself, I'm not going to so. answer because I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so I, now you're cheating. No, no, I, 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 you know, I was, I've been thinking about it, and and ironically, I, I agree with Darren. Once I got into the Beatles, because it was like in my face growing up, because everybody in my family listened to it. It wasn't until later on when I was like, I went through school and I took the opportunity to listen to them on my own that I caught myself that I could listen to every album and not get, skip a song. And I totally agree with what you say. There's a few in there that you're kind of like, all right, but you're not going to skip it. And then I probably would place Victor Wooten just underneath them. Because the same thing, like I would not skip one of his songs. Yeah. And I know we've spoken about that in the past, but yeah. So I kind of agree with both of you, actually. So I'm kind of right there. I, I don't know cool. if any other group, I, I may, but I, I just, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I had to run through my group and and it's it's hard because so many of the groups that I listen to, you know, Tower of Power has been around since 68. Like, it's a lot of albums. 60 years of music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a lot of albums. Elton John the same way. I mean... And and he's had some bombs like that song about the rotten peaches and <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it's hard. I, I I think I'm gonna stand by my decision. I think that's that's great. All right, so let's move on to our holiday with Darren. So Darren, take us through some of your stuff because you sent me a huge list and I don't know most of it, so I am excited to hear some of the stuff. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks very much for giving me the chance to come back. I really had a great time the first first time around. 
Uh, and this is a topic that um, at first I was a little bit stumped. I was like, I don't even know what, what I would say. But as I thought about it more and more, um, some some albums that have become important to me, either through my family or through friends or just through my own you know, musical appreciation kind of came to came to me. Um, so that's the list that I've made. Um, it is I kind of broke it down into starting with family. So um, there are four albums that whenever I think of uh, Christmas and I go to my parents' house uh, and when I was growing up, you know, to, to this day, go to my parents' house or when I was growing up, uh, these were four of the albums that were, uh, I guess, they had had when they were first married. Uh, a lot of these were from the 60s. Uh, there's one that's actually from the 50s, uh, the late 50s. Um, and it's starting with 1963's uh, Merry Christmas is the name of the album. And it's by a group that I, I know nothing about or next to nothing about. And the group is called the New Christie Minstrels, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. Um, and they are sort of a musical ensemble, it seems like. And I think they still exist to this day. Um, and this is a 1963 album that has just a number of different, um, you know, traditional and uh, both hymns and, and uh, more, more, you know, secular kind of music. Um, but all, um, and there are some some tracks that I had never heard of, uh, you know, since from other groups or other artists, uh, such as uh, Beautiful City and Sing Along with Santa um, and Parson Brown. Now, I don't know if these are compositions that are made for that album or if these are other songs that just mm. others haven't covered, but that, that are done by others. They also had a version of Tell It on the Mountain. So the, the, those those four songs come to, to come to mind whenever I go to my parents' house. They have that that the vinyl on uh, on the turntable. So that's. That's the first one that came to mind. Um, if you were to pick one of them off the yeah. album, which one would you pick to play? Uh, let's go with um, let's go with Beautiful City. Okay. Yeah. Let's listen to Beautiful City. I seem to remember hearing that song at some point in my career. I don't know whether I've played it or, but yeah. it sounds familiar. That song or that version of that song? That song. That song. I've right. never heard okay. that version. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like something that might be sung in church potentially or something. something Absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've played it on an organ at some point. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they worked cool. with Alan Sherman on a live version of a live album back in 1964 alan sherman being hello mata hello fada oh. he's all those like really? comedic okay. albums from the past so i that, that's very interesting i just happen to bring up that's very interesting that's very cool though very, very cool yeah sorry yeah yeah, yeah. i just thought yeah, that was interesting it, it, not at all no that's great that, that's a band i know not, or a group that i know nothing about so anything that i can learn is, is, is awesome um then we move on to someone that I think we've all heard of, and I know I knew a little bit more about, and that was the Everly Brothers, mm. uh, Don and Phil Everly, and uh, this was Christmas with the Everly Brothers and the Boys Town Choir, 
uh, a year before the other one, so 1962 in this case. And one song that I thought was so beautiful, I, I love their vocal styles, and there's a, a lot of great things they've done over the years. The Beatles were inspired by them, and so many other um, pop you know, bands have an Everly Brothers sort of um, influence with the vocal harmonizing and all that sort of thing. Um, so the one that I thought of was uh, Adeste Fidelis, which is Oh Come All You Faithful. Um, it's a really beautiful rendition of that song. Let's take a quick listen. sound of those, those early sort of i guess the arrangements and just the the the, mm. the, the ambiance of, of the recording of yeah the and the way they use there. the choir is very neat because it's like I, when i first listened to it, i i didn't hear the choir because i just wasn't focused there and i thought it was the organ and i went oh that's not the organ that's mm-hmm. it's voices yeah yeah very cool yeah yeah um then we move to someone that uh i think everyone's heard at least one of these songs and this is the andy williams christmas album also also 1963 uh, by Andy Williams, the aforementioned. Um, and there's a number of songs that are on there that, that I find very uh, upbeat and very, very, just very joyful and very, uh, very um, much put me in, in the spirit of, of the time, uh, including the very popular It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I think when most people think of that song, they're, they're thinking of the Andy Williams version, mm, I believe. Yeah. Um, but other ones that are on there, um, there's It's the Holiday Season. I think it's called Happy Holiday slash mm-hmm. The Holiday Season. That's a yep. cool one. And then another one, um, I think it's based on the 12 Days of Christmas. It's called A Song and a Christmas Tree, which is mm-hmm. a nice little uh, upbeat, uh, a light version of that. Very nice. And I love his voice as well. Yeah. I actually sang with Andy Williams back in, let's see, that was probably... 1965? 2004? <laughs> yeah, 1865. <laughs> right around the time CJ was born. Oh, right. Very cool. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It was 2001. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is very yeah, cool. he came to Westbury Music Fair, and I was working with a choir director who was uh, they was asked to provide a choir for him, and they had no tenors, and went, "Hey, come sing tenor." And I went, "Okay," mm-hmm. so I did. That is so, very cool. Yeah, very nice. And then um, I guess the 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 piece de resistance, the the, the, the highest masterpiece of, of these four that that I've selected from my family's collection. Is actually the oldest of the bunch. It's 1958. Uh, the album is called Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's Johnny Mathis. And his voice is so beautiful. I, I know you guys covered yeah. um, Nat King Cole in a, mm. a couple episodes ago. And I love his his voice. And my grandparents always spoke about Nat King Cole and Johnny Mathis as like the two yes. you know, big voices uh-huh. uh, of that time frame. Um, and for me, I, I never listened to Nat King Cole very much. I, I know a few of his tracks, but I, I listened to this album in and out. 
up mm-hmm. and down and i love his version of oh, oh, oh holy night um first off i think that song is so so spiritually touching and it really it really touches the heart yeah. um it is it is it's beautiful and and longing and it's just everything it's, it's it's worshipful and all that kind of good stuff but uh, his version of it particularly struck my heart um so that that's one i, I would love to hear yeah let's take a listen Holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error. the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn I, I have so the comparison or talking about Nack and Cole and Johnny Mathis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when Kyle and I were talking about it we were talking about the voices and everything like that and why I like Nack and Cole so much and I think the same could be saying said for Johnny Mathis it's just like this is my voice there's nothing else to yeah. it he's not embellishing mm-hmm. he's not pushing mm-hmm. he's not doing anything he's yeah. just singing and you know, like as as amazing as all those other singers were during that time period, it was just a natural thing. And I and so I could like I like Johnny Mathis as well. It was something my family yeah. played, and and so I think that same thing could be said for him. It's just a natural voice just coming out. So yeah, there's a certain beauty to it. There's a certain gentleness to it. Even yes, though he's got a, a lot of vibrato yeah. and, and this kind of thing, it, it's got a very controlled, smooth, gentle kind of way to it. It's very controlled, naturally and controlled, uh, naturally. And yeah. yeah and uh, that arrangement there's something about it that makes me it just makes you feel like there's something larger than us you know w- mm-hmm. regardless of your belief whatever it might be um it just seems, seems like there's a, a bit of a spirituality encompassed mm-hmm. in, in that presentation so it always touched me very deeply i've and i was listening to the, oh, the orchestra part and it's it reminded me of what a lot of really good choral groups do and even when they it's almost like they try to cap their volume. So like even when they're playing at their loudest, their loudest is only 70%. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they can always go bigger, but they never do. And that kind of gives that mystery to how big can they go almost. Interesting. So, and I think that gives that, that that's that mystery of like, you know, that you were talking about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a very good observation that, that that's uh, that, that speaks to me on some level when I, when I listen yeah. to that uh, that track and I haven't heard some of these tracks in a long long time but uh, yep. thank and you the orchestra the way they the way they build up with that 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 really helps kind of 
mm-hmm. fill that. And that's that's it's a trick that we use on the organ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a trick that we use on the organ a lot because a lot of organs don't have volume pedals, so you can only play at one one volume. So you have to trick people by by like elongating the notes and stretching the tempo to make it sound like you're playing louder, even though you're not. And that's just a technique that they were using to make his voice soar even more. So it's just a really well well written arrangement. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, all right, so that was it for my family list. Uh, and then we start going into some some albums that I stumbled across or or you know sort of sought out um, mm-hmm. in various ways over the years. So this is closer to my my personal selections. Um, starting with Neil Diamond, the mm-hmm. famous yes. Neil Diamond. Um, Yes. who back in 1992 released a Christmas album. I didn't realize he had not done a Christmas album. He seemed like the kind of person that he had been around since the late 60s or whatever. Uh, I would have thought he would have had something, but he didn't. That's um, so he was because kind of to it. he's a Jewish performer. He is Jewish, that is true. <laughs> and he didn't want, he didn't want yeah. to do it because he didn't want to tap into the to the money that way and and they just encouraged him to continuously to do it and he was like but i don't want to take people's money for this is not my religion and they're like no no no, do it just do it so that's awesome i'm so glad you brought it up (laughs) such a cool album i mean it it hit me immediately it's a whole different kind of style it's not necessarily that that sort of um portentous sort of spirituality it's Mm -hmm. more it's more fun loving and as neil diamond often is um so it starts off with it just it just sets the tone right off the, from the start uh, the first track i think is oh come oh come emmanuel it is yep flash yep. we three kings and that might yep. be a good place to start it if you have that. yeah I, I remember listening to this one when i was in high school so mm-hmm. I'll take oh, a quick cool. listen Captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, ye man you will shall come to thee, O I love that arrangement of that. That is really cool, and it's I, so I forgot on that how that is. It has a bit of a depth to it, certainly. So the, mm-hmm. that lightheartedness that I was talking about wasn't quite. I mean, his his voice, I think, it's a little more poppy, maybe. Yeah, like that. So yeah, it's a different kind of style in that sense, but it mm-hmm. does have a depth to it, certainly. Yeah. Um, he also covered "Morning Has Broken," which is a Cat Stevens song. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a Christmas song at, at all, so that was interesting. And then Happy Xmas, uh, Happy Christmas by John Lennon and Yoko Ono, which is also, um, it's a Christmas song, but it's a different kind of tone of Christmas song. So um, then he had a second one, uh, and then he had a few others. Um, so just bear in mind, Neil went from having none to suddenly having, I think he has like five now, <laughs> or four or five, something like that. So that was a good, he, he made up for lost time. Uh, then we go to um, something that I came across in the process of putting up Christmas lights. So I know that a lot of families have the tradition of putting up the tree, putting up the lights and and whatever it might be. But for whatever reason, one year, uh, and my family had the same kind of thing, but one year I kind of took it upon myself to do it myself. Um, I don't know why, I don't know how, but it was just one of those things. It was late at night, you know, I'm a night owl. So it might've been, I might've started at 11 o'clock or something like that. (laughs) And I um, just started stringing up some lights and I think I put some around the tree, whatever. 
And I, I was like, I've got to put something on to, to do this. So uh, it used to be those other tracks, you know, the, the, uh, the Christine Minstrels and, and uh, Bernie Mathis. But I was like, let me find something else that I can put on. So for whatever reason, I went into my, my collection, my, my, my big, you know, CD collection, the big book that you flip over and it's got the little sleeves and everything. Uh, and I picked this rat more or less randomly. And I came across this album called Shaking the Tree, 16 Golden Greats by Peter Gabriel. Um, it is a career retrospective, basically, up, up to that point. Uh, came out in 1990, so he had more stuff after that, obviously. But um, and it was great. It was such a great thing to play. This has it's got really no Christmas uh, element to it to speak of, but it just it it spoke to me in that moment. And there's something about mm. his stuff has a, a spirituality. His stuff has a an artistic depth and, and a profoundness, a profundity to it. So uh, it it just fit the moment just just right, and it's now become a bit of a, a tradition. Um, most every year I'll put that on at some point when I'm doing some kind of decorating of, of some sorts. So, um, and if you have that, uh, I don't even know I do. what I would, yeah, what, what did I play from that? Um, I mean, everyone's heard almost everything off that album mm -hmm. at some point, probably, or most of it. Uh, one that I think is not as well known is, I think it's called I Have the Touch. Um, mm -hmm. not Christmassy in any way, not in any way indicative of a huge Dragunda's hit, but, um, a pretty cool song. How, how cool. about that one? Let's take a listen. I could see it as a soundtrack to like a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah, you totally. Know, it, you know, just like. It just has, has a timelessness, I think, to it. It doesn't necessarily feel yeah, like it's only of this, this era or this time. Obviously, it's got some, some instrumental things that might be of a certain era, but um, mm -hmm. I think it does have a, a bit of timelessness. It's, it's almost like it's his yeah. big ones. <laughs> it's almost like his big ones. <laughs> <favorite. laughs> you could say that. You, could, you know, it's almost like his. You, you could. <laughs> yeah. Because th uh, there were a lot of big hits on that album. That it came out with. <laughs> it's uh, I, yeah, but it's it's so. Oh my god! I just cra uh, There you go. Puberty once again. So uh, I, I, but I love the fact that it's not a Christmas album, and it's become a tradition of yours. Like, and and I never thought about that when I was picking out songs that made me think Christmas because everything that. I, chose or a holiday i should say everything that i chose was holiday related but there are mm -hmm. there are some albums out there or music out there that i would listen to during the holiday yes so it's very cool that uh i'm, I'm glad you you brought that brought that up it's very cool to share that concept yeah. like sometimes not, you yeah. find something that that has a spirit or an energy or something that kind of calls to mind like a either it's a positivity or something and it, it, it just fits to see the spirit and the season right you know, so. Do you find yourself li ever listening to it when it's not December, like during the year? Oh yeah, very much so. I uh, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, Genesis fan. That they're in my okay. top three to five, I would say. So, um, gotcha. gotcha. Whether it's Phil Collins, whether it's Peter Gabriel or Genesis, uh, they're, they're nice. always on my short list of, of things that I'm listening to at any given time. So, absolutely. Yeah, you and my friend Peter would get along very well. Oh, very cool. 
Not likes the likes the Genesis, likes the Beatles. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pretty cool. And and um, you know like um, I wish we had a clip from my you know Top Gear when they were playing Genesis to annoy Richard Hammond. <laughs> What was this? What was this? So they're, they're, the car show Top Gear from the UK, yeah. which now they now do the mm-hmm. Grand Tour. There was an episode where they were in Africa. I Ironically, the Christmas episode yeah, was, where they go to see oh, the baby right, Jesus. Those, that's right. It's the Christmas episode. And yep. um, one of the one of the the presenters, Jeremy Clarkson, is a huge mu- music person, like a huge music buff. Mm-hmm. And okay. the other guy, one of the other guys that's on there. Actually, two of them, they're all music people. One of them actually has a music background. But one of them, like, is very... Yeah, he's got a degree in, like, yeah, music Yeah, one of them is kind of, like, mainstream music. So he doesn't like some mm-hmm. of the older stuff. And for the whole entire episode, he would they would just play Genesis to annoy him. And they'd play good songs. Like, it wasn't that... They weren't making <laughs> yeah, fun right. of so Genesis. What they did was... Yeah. Right, right. One night, when they were sleeping, they went into his car and they installed a second radio... And they, they put just a Genesis CD and they cranked the volume as loud as it could go. <laughs> and then, like, the next day they had to drive through, like, the border to Iran and Iraq. Right. And he couldn't turn the, 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 the turn the music off. It was just blasting Genesis <laughs> as he's going across the border. So, oh, that's great. And I watch it every year at Christmas. Yeah. Oh, I, I have to find that. I've it, got to find a clip for that. You don't that's have awesome. to find it. Kyle can send it to you via email. He has it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll take that gladly. But, it, it, um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, so um, and this is one that uh, I just enjoy. Whenever I hear this, it's mostly on the radio or these days satellite radio. Um, and this is a, a song called "Christmas Rapping," uh, but not R A P P, but it's W R A P P I N G by a band called The Waitresses. Uh, it's from 1981, I believe. Um, don't know a lot about this band, but I know that they are sort of in the post-punk. You know, late after the late seventies, when punk kind of had had peaked, um, there was this sort of, you know, some synthesizers came in and some other things like that. And there's this power pop, like this post-punk power pop sound, and they had a really cool sound. And this lead singer, unfortunately, passed. I think maybe 15, 20 years ago, something like that. But she had a really cool delivery. Um, they had this other song called "I Know What Boys Like," which had this this great attitude and this really cool kind of swagger to it. Uh, and this song has a little bit of that as well. But um, I think everyone's heard this song. It's, it's a cool song called Christmas Rapping.
I didn't recognize it at first, but then 15 seconds in, I realized what it was. It takes a while to get started. Well, and, yeah, and they yeah. clip off the beginning when they play it on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. That's why. It took me a moment, too. I was like, why does this sound familiar? But then... Mm-hmm. You're yeah. right. I hadn't even thought about that, yeah. but it's a good point. Yeah, and you always have to love a song that has a good, a good sax, sax part. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> so cool. I yeah. was laughing because um, while while you were getting your computer situated, um, we were listening to a song that CJ has never heard before, which I couldn't believe. But Rebecca Black's Friday, mm-hmm. and her delivery is very similar to Rebecca Black in the song Friday. And it was it was just interesting the way. I don't know Friday that really? well, but I, I've heard it a couple times. That I'll have to check that yeah, out. It's, it's, yeah, it's 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 a deadpan hard. kind of thing. Yeah, it's very deadpan, almost spoken with kind of a weird accent in there, and mm-hmm. so it just reminded me of Rebecca Black. That is very cool. So. I also hear a little bit of like Blondie in there in, in yes. the song. Yeah, in, yes. in the waitresses definitely. Um, very New York kind of style, like a very mm-hmm. late seventies, very early eighties uh, New York kind of uh, punk or post punk kind of sound. Uh, they might not, might have been from New York, though. I don't, I don't know if they were, but anyway. I wonder um, if. All right, then we. I wonder if your uh, friend Nick will bring this up when we speak to him. Maybe. Hmm. That's song. It'll be interesting. Yeah. He's a punk person, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he is. Ah, good, good. Point. Oh, oh, the I'm, two of I'm, you are coming on an episode together, and we're gonna have a yeah a battle of the brains when it comes to I'm, music. I'm, we're gonna watch the <laughs> watch the world explode. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be much much more. No, explode with awesomeness. That's what it's going to yes. be. <laughs> I hope I can live up to that. But thank you. Yeah, you're, that, you already cool. are. It's not that. That's not a question. It's just the two no. of you together. It, yeah. But the reason why is your knowledge of the music that you listen to versus what he listens to it, it mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, two and directions. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you're yeah. you're just both so knowledgeable. Like the way you pick things out of your brain. Like it, it's crazy. That's what we're saying. Like it's just going to be a cool explosion of like it. Could, it could be a mm-hmm. two-parter episode just from the conversation. Like it, it could be a full season. It could be a full season. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure this is crossovers also because I think oh yeah, uh, punk and power pop. Yeah. That yeah. I love so much. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of interchange sometimes. You know, yeah, there's, there's some points of, of relation. So, um, but now we're going into pop, just straight ahead pop, and very a bit more of a lush kind of presentation. And there's a band, a Swedish band from the late 80s. Uh, They had a a hit called The Look. She's Got The Look, which uh, Mm -hmm. I loved very much. And from that moment, I was hooked by this band. And they were on my list of bands that when you asked before, is there a band that you would not skip a track? These guys are pretty close to that, I think. Uh, And the band is called Roxette. Um, It is Per Gessel and Marie Fredriksen. uh, And really cool. I think they they were originally... Um, stars onto themselves in, in Sweden. Um, Pear was with a, 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 a group, a, a band, and I believe Marie was, she might have been a solo uh, star, and they then became Roxette in maybe 86 or thereabouts, and um, had a bunch of hits, and one of them uh, is a song called It Must Have Been Love, which I think was on the Pretty Woman soundtrack, um, and the subtitle right. of that song is Christmas for the Brokenhearted. Uh, I had no idea at the time that, that was the case. Uh, this is 1987, um, and uh, it's a really, really beautiful song. And apparently, uh, EMI Germany asked them to come up with an, a quote-unquote intelligent Christmas single. Um, and the lyric was originally, uh, it's a hard Christmas day, 
but they, uh, for some reason, changed that to it's a hard winter's day. I was much more familiar with the winter's day line than the Christmas day. But the song is called It Must Have Been Love, uh, Christmas for the Brokenhearted. remember that song but yeah i don't know you don't remember that song and you got mad at me for not knowing the other one (laughs) yes that is more popular than the other song that you were telling me about are you sure about that it it may not be (laughs) it might not be where where's the that was go to the core go to the uh the bridge chorus whatever you want to call it oh yeah well yeah i I know the chorus so that's what i'm saying it must be yeah it was definitely Right. More popular than other songs. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I'd say they're, they're, they're comparable. They're roughly comparable. But, um, but in, in this case... Uh, <laughs> I don't know I call Rebecca back comparable to that. But okay. <laughs> um, so Marie, uh, the, the lead singer there, or the, the main lead singer there, um, passed away a few years ago. Uh, and I oh, wow. miss her badly. I love her voice. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was an incredible vocal talent. And uh, we, we miss we miss you, Marie. Um but Pear has carried on with um, Roxette PG, which is his initials. So he's done some other. He's done a new album with that. So uh, hopefully he'll carry on and, and carry the Roxette fl- flame into the future. Nice. Um, speaking of carrying on a pop flame, uh, we then moved to my second Beatles uh, when I was growing up, and that's Daryl Hall and John Oates. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a forty-five, a green translucent forty-five, which was their version of Jingle Bell Rock um from 1983 most folks have heard daryl and john's version of this um either daryl's version or john's version so side a was daryl's side b was john's um i just never knew that there was a video for each one of them i had only ever seen the one where daryl has the lead uh there apparently was a second shot video where john takes the lead that's kind of cool as someone who's followed them very closely for many years uh, you learn something new every day. I think I just learned that yesterday or day before yesterday. So that's kind of cool. And I found both of them and the links to both of them will be in the show notes. Very cool. Yes. yes. They're very similar. They only diverge in, I think, the last the last verse possibly. So. so that was kind of cool. That's Jingle Bell Rock back in 83. Uh, do you want to go with that or you want to move yeah, on? Let's, to the next let's, yeah, let's absolutely play it. All right. Sure.
such a great version. It is a good version. It's uh, it's that's Daryl Hall's version, the tall blonde guy. Uh, John mm-hmm. John is the smaller guy with the mustache, and um, yep. pretty cool. Yeah, so I, that that's for some people that's become like the definitive <laughs> version of Jingle Bell Rock, um, which surprises me for, as a, as a Daryl and John fan. It doesn't surprise me, but it's like there have been other versions that that uh, I think Brenda Lee might have done a version. I forgot who the original was, but um, it's from maybe the fifties or the sixties originally. So yeah, I don't know who it was. Yeah. I'm sure we could get that information relatively easily, but um, but then beyond that, the last of my personal list uh, is one that we all know. Uh, no matter whether you know Rebecca or whether you know Roxette <laughs> or, whether, or Aerosmith <laughs> or or, or not, none of the above, you're going to know this song. Um, this was a collection of basically all the luminaries, all the um, top stars, all the British top stars. Um, in the early to mid 80s. Uh, and this group was called Band Aid, uh, collected by a gentleman named Bob Geldof, who was with a, a band called the Boomtown Rats. Um, he had seen a, um, apparently, a BBC uh, news article or a news um, story about the famine in Ethiopia and then decided to do something about it. And um, he gathered as many of his friends and colleagues as he could got them together and uh, recorded what I think is just one of the most incredible distillations of British pop from this time frame. It's, and there are, there are American artists in here as well, Cool and the Gang uh, and some others. Um, but uh, just a cool song, Do They Know It's Christmas, uh, with a drum track by Phil Collins, the great Phil Collins, mm-hmm. uh, and members of Duran Duran and Standout Ballet and um, Culture Club Boy George. Um, and Sting was there, you know, and many, many others. So, uh, do they know it's Christmas from 1984? It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we vanish it. one that i remember i don't remember that one myself really interesting okay but yeah, you that's um, what but, what <laughs> but i i live under a rock oh, so, I, I mean, and you got mad at me about that other song <laughs> yes that oh awesome. my goodness you need i should point out one thing um this is not i, I don't want to compare this to the other christmas songs in the sense that this is a celebratory sure song, right this is a song talking about do they even know it's Christmas? Right. Did, you know, mm. their, their lives are so affected by the situation. So I don't want right. to be um, indicating that it's not that sort of thing. It's, it's meant to put you in a different kind of state of mind. But, but it, but it the, became um, synonymous with the holiday time right. because of what it was. Correct. Yeah. It's appropriate for the time frame, but I think it's meant to make you think about maybe something else sure. at that time frame. Um, and just I, one thing that always strikes me about that, every single time that I hear it, I'm struck by the beauty of their individual voices, like the beauty mm-hmm. of George Michael's voice. He's got such a beautiful voice. And Paul Young, the guy starts off 
um, all of them. I mean, they, Boy George has a beautiful, beautiful, soulful kind of voice. Uh, so it, it always strikes me as how gorgeous these these singers' and voices are. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Bono, right? Bono goes, uh, yeah. thank God it's them yeah. instead of you. And he, he screams it out. like It's like a, the belting line that everyone is galvanized around. You know, and the, the song kind of opens up at that point. Really so so cool. I know in, in latter days, people are like, oh, this is so hokey. You know, having one person go at the microphone, then the next person goes at the microphone. It's so, you know, so, so cheesy. But I, I think it's cool. I think it's really, really yeah. well done. Hey, listen. And of that's, course, later on, later on, was that we are the world. Yeah, and that's what they—that's yes. what we did. We did that stuff. You know, that's what they did yeah. back in the day. They brought together mm-hmm. musicians and you know tried to do good. So yeah, and it's a damn good song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it to me anyway. So yeah. all right. That was that. Not to turn back to the other song, but we were talking about Jingle Bell Rock. So go back to that change of pace for a second. The first recorded version of it was by. Bobby Helms. Bobby Helms and his Space Reindeer, whatever it was called. So I'm gonna I wanna I wanna so I found him and then I found Brenda Lee, who was the next recorded. So just for fun, just to hear the contrast, this is Bobby Helms yep. Jingle Bell Rock. Bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Here's Brenda jingle Lee, which is 1964. Bell. So that was 1957. This is 1964. So I, I, it sounds like they, they kind of not mi- not copied, but mimicked J- Bobby Helms more than Brenda Lee. But it's just interesting. I, I think you're right. Yeah, that arrangement sure. is very similar. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just very interesting. Yeah, the name of the album that it comes off of, the Bobby the Bobby Helms one, which kind of like, it caught my eye. What was it? It was, it was called Bobby, Bob. it's like Captain Santa Claus and his space... <laughs> I was like, that's, that's, sorry. 1957. But Interesting. Yeah. Before Star Trek came out, right? Right, before, before Star Trek came out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we just trekked out there. I say, yeah, yeah. Uh, even as a, a Daryl Hall and John, and John Oates fan, I have to say that Bobby Helms' version is the definitive version. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, for you know, Absolutely. Yeah, for you to think that Daryl and John's version would be the definitive would make me very, very young. <laughs> you have to be someone who hasn't heard the, John, the Bobby Helms because that, that's... It's it's like it's seared in in your mind. Right. You know, there's certain songs where it's like you hear it and it has a definitive structure in your mind. Like that is the one, and that, that is absolutely the case. It's very very so. true. And then moving on to my last section, um, had to bring it all around to the, again for me the foundation of everything musically. Um, had to bring it to the Fab Four, right? Had to bring it to the Beatles. Um, and I did not realize that all four of them had something to say about Christmas. <laughs> I knew two of them did, uh, but I did not know the other two did. So starting with Ringo, um, Ringo Starr, we have an album called I Want to Be Santa Claus. 
uh, from 1999. And um, I had never heard it. I had never even heard of it. So, um, and I checked it out and I've heard some of his solo stuff and it sounds very much like, like his, his normal solo stuff. I like his stuff very much. I find his voice very pleasing. Um, you know, I, I know there are those who will say he's probably the least talented of the Beatles as far as musically and so forth, but he still brings something to the table. He still got, he has a persona, he has a presence, he has a, he's an excellent drummer, et cetera, et cetera. And these songs are pretty cool. Uh, starting with the very first one, uh, the very first song on that album is called uh, Come On Christmas, Christmas Come On. And I was like, this is actually pretty darn cool. Do you have that, Kyle? I do. That's from the late nineties. I believe so. Nineteen ninety nine is what I. Yeah, your list is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was pretty pretty cool. I, I'm always. Yeah. I like uh, hearing Ringo's contributions because they don't always get a lot of um, you know, accolades. They don't get a lot of attention necessarily uh, compared to the other three. But um, mm-hmm. he brings something to the table. No question about it. And it, it always seems to, 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 to please me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have. Mr. George Harrison, um, who had an album back in 1974 called Dark Horse. And um, most of his albums didn't do a whole lot um, as far as sales and so forth, even with with, uh, critical acclaim. Uh, And this was no exception. But um, somehow I think I saw a video this past year. I did not even know that this song existed. Uh, It's more of a New Year's Eve sing-along, more so than a Christmas song. And the song is called Ding Dong Ding Dong, and it uses a or um, a musical figure that was also used by Paul McCartney later on in the song Let Him In. Uh, someone's knocking at the door, someone's ringing the bell, let him in. Um, you'll, you'll recognize it. You'll also recognize it if you have a doorbell on the front of your uh, house. A one, two. <laughs> straightforward yeah you know? no it's awesome yeah, a, a yeah. lot a lot of those things have a, have a very simple kind of approach um mm. which i always appreciate appreciated about george i think critics uh, especially when, when he was first uh 
doing songwriting with the Beatles, a lot of folks said his stuff had a, an obstinate quality. Like it just persists and goes on the same thing over and over again. Mm. But I think over time he got a bit of a lighter touch. And um, even though there's repetition, it's still pleasing. So um, yeah. I love George. I think he, he's great. He also passed obviously back in 2000 or 01. So we miss him as well. Mm. Um, very cool. And then we move on to John and Yoko. Um, there's a song that I think most people would know this one as well. Uh, it's called Happy Xmas. I think it's not called Christmas. I think it's called Happy Xmas. War is over. Yep. Most folks know it from from the refrain, war is over. And this mm -hmm. is another one of those that I think is is asking you to kind of think about things a little bit. You know, it's like war, war is over if you want it. Um, and like another year is over. And, and what have you done with your life, so to speak, and this kind of thing. So this, this, as always, John has this thing where I think Paul was talking about, he was he's writing a song and it was like, uh, uh, it's getting better, you know, on the Sgt. Pepper album. Um, it's getting better all the time. He was like sort of going through and trying to figure out what will come next. And John is over there with his guitar. He's like, it can't get much worse, you know? So John would always have that little, that spice, that little sort of bit of negativity or or a bit of um, introspection that Paul wouldn't always necessarily think of on his own. And I think John wouldn't always think of the positive things necessarily in that way mm. on his own. So they really... I think I wouldn't say needed each other, but they certainly fed off of each other and became greater because of each other. Uh, and I think I think all four of them really contributed to that. But um, here's another one of those where it's like it's ostensibly about a, a, a time of celebration and and and, and rejoicing, but uh, some some self reflection as well. Happy Definitely. Xmas. Happy Christmas, Julian. So this is Christmas, and what have you done? Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The I love the message of that one, for sure. It really is amazing, right? It, it's, yeah. it's 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 yeah. very interesting how you know there is a huge message behind that song, but but it's become mm. a holiday song, and it's almost as if it's just played as a holiday song, with not implying what it actually means. Right, no right. It's like okay, yeah, here this. Sort of. It's because it was written by who it was written to, written by, and why it was. Just here you go, John Lennon wrote this. It's a holiday song, and mm -hmm. but but when you listen to it, or if you take the moment to listen to it, there it's so much more than a holiday song. I think he took yeah. the opportunity and said, "I'm going to write this song, give it a holiday feel," but here's my here's here's that opposite side of the positivity like you said but it's just very He's talking about about humanity yeah about, about the human experience right. you know it's yeah yep. right he was talking about also uh, imagine he was talking yep. um that he said something like um 
I found that to get your political statement out or to get your, your statement about humanity or about our, our condition, you have to kind of put it down with some sugar, right? So you have to make it sound pretty, you have to make it sound accessible and, and be able to approach it. Um, but you can then get some kind of message in there. Right. And I think both he and I think all four of them, but certainly he and George especially, were very invested in the, the, the nature of the human soul and the human mind and all the things we have to get over and, uh, with each other and how we interact with each other and all these kind of things. So it's pretty cool how it, he encompasses it in a very simple package, you know, right. and it's exactly. so simple that, as you said, it becomes like a just a typical song like like Mr. Grinch, you know, right, like right. That, but it's not. Right. It's a whole different kind of it's song. Just, it's a, it's a, you know? Oh, let's put this on the playlist and it's going to play because, you know, that's what it is. No, I, I it's that's, a whole different thing. It is, it is. And I think he sets the stage. Th that song, I had not even really thought about this, but in the very beginning, Yoko whispers, uh, I think she says like Merry Christmas to her her son. I forgot mm -hmm. her son's name, but she has a son with a different um, marriage. And then John says Merry Christmas, Julian, to his son, Julian Lennon. It's very quiet. Right. And it's there's something so touching about that. I think he does it mm -hmm. again in a later album in Double Fantasy. He does a thing where he, he either he or she or maybe both of them whisper. And there's something about that um the revelation, I guess, or opening up your spirit to someone else and saying something from your heart and from your soul to open a song that then opens up into some, some other direction. It, it's a beautiful, I, I find it very, very touching. Um, very cool stuff. Yep, absolutely. And then the last song in my list goes a whole other direction. Um, <laughs> we're going to finish up on something a little bit more uh, raucous and joyous and jolly as Paul always is, Paul always finds the positivity. He has, he's the heart of the, um, just the, the brightness of, of, of the season and the beauty of the season. Some people think this is a song about witchcraft, by the way. Um, and the lyrics <laughs> talk about something like, something like you're studying these, these mystic arts and um, the, the moon is up and the, the time is right and all this kind of thing. Mm. But um, I don't think so. I, 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 don't, I don't get that from, I'm like, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, this is from 1980. By, by the way, uh, Happy Exodus was 1971. This one is from 1980. Right. I think we all know this one. Um, some love it, some hate it, but uh, I think it's an appropriate way to uh, to finish up the Beatles section and my whole list. And that is Sir Paul McCartney's wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> Spirits up, we're here tonight, and that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The party's on, the feeling's here. That only comes to time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time Simply having a wonderful Christmas time Every year, I remember hearing that. Mm -hmm. yep. That song is so pure, Paul. You know, it's. I think mm -hmm. there's something about him. He has completely no... He's a human being, obviously. He has his own limitations. He has his own... His, I'm sure he has his right. own flaws and faults, as, as we all do. But there seems to be something very, very genuinely he loves people he loves life he loves to the positivity he sees the glass half, half full 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's genuine. I think it's always been the case with him. You know, some people yeah. might say, oh, it's just an act, whatever. I think he's one of those rare people where it's not an act. I think he just really has a positive way about him. And that, that's just a great thing. And it makes you think yeah. of family and friends and gatherings and all those things that he's talking about. Uh, it's just a wonderful song, I, yeah. I think. It's off of McCartney too, back in 1980. Very cool. Thank you for having those, those songs queued up so well. Oh, there, Kyle. No that's, problem. That's awesome. Yeah, so you were, you were dancing. Does all the work. Yes. <laughs> so you were dancing with, with, with the doggy, by the way. That's the song that kind of yep. it makes you get out of your chair, right? Wants you want to yep. get out of your chair and dance. It's, not too many Christmas songs have that because we've heard them eight million times, and it's like okay. <laughs> yep. Paul Paul McCartney's on um on um Ozzy Osbourne's latest album, Project Nine. I did not know. He that. does a duet with him. That is cool. I have to check that yeah. out for sure. It's uh, it's for a Grammy, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I I I was telling when when it came out, Kyle sent it to me. He's like, "Look what came out," and I listened to it. And either Ozzy Osbourne's voice just hasn't gone anywhere, which is very possible. I mean, like even though speaking wise, you're kind of like what, but then when he sings, you know, it's it's clear as not clear as day, and you know, uh, if not, he has fantastic producers. Because he sounds mm-hmm. absolutely amazing on it, you know. Yeah, he does. And and he's what? He's in his seventies. Yeah, I believe you know? so. Yeah, seventy two. Yeah, think, it's I just when I, it's crazy when it came out. I think he has one of those voices that is just it's like a natural. I don't know. It's like it's like Nolan Ryan could pitch in ninety plus miles an right. hour when he was in his sixties or something like that. That's and baseball, right? Physical. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, it's just some people have a certain affinity for something that they can do with their body that uh, most people can't. And I think Ozzy has it. I've always been struck by that over the years. I haven't really heard much of a degradation in his voice over the years. It's something very yeah. pure about his uh, his tonality or something right. very clear about it. Uh, it it's, it's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And his producers are fantastic. I mean, I mean, they know his voice. So don't get me wrong. But just he still has to have something for them to work with. Like if, if it's if right. it's not there, it's not there. And they're not going to be able to be like, oh, magically right. make it appear. It's just... You can't make something yeah. out of nothing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I have a question for you with your extensive knowledge and and understanding of decades of music, because you know Kyle apparently doesn't know some of the more popular songs than that other one from Rebecca. <laughs> That's okay. Because things, I don't know. <laughs> um, every week, I'm you, too you guys busy. Are so, I'm too busy listening to Rebecca <laughs> Black <laughs> <laughs> and, and Aerosmith, big ones. So. I, I've met. <laughs> I've I've mentioned my friend Carmen on the podcast, um, and uh, who happens to be a, a, a listener as well. She brought up a song that I have never heard of, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's it's a cultural thing, and that's why we've never heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was sung the the most popular version of it was sung by a and he's a. I think they say he's a Puerto Rican actor. I think that's what they, they put it down. He was 12 years old when he sang the song. Okay. And the song's called Mamacita. And in parentheses, it's Donde Esta Santa Claus. I'm going to play this. I want to play this song only because I've never heard it before. She shared it with me because she says it's one of her favorite songs. And I'm just curious if you've ever heard the song before. Like maybe not by the title, but maybe you've heard the song. It's It's kind of, it's, it's total like I could see this as like it's a total Christmas song like it totally fits. So I'm just gonna play mm-hmm. that song and it's it's sung by the uh, an artist. I, I believe this is the original person. I could be wrong, but Hilda Coronel. Mm-hmm. 
I might be wrong. No, no, I'm sorry. This is a different version, but the original version was sung by a, a young actor slash singer of the time. But this is the song. Okay. Mamacita. The first time I listened to it, it just brought me back to like what brought me back. Like I'm, I was born back then, but <laughs> brought me back to that, you know, 50s esque, you know, early six, late 50s, early 60s music. And I was like, this is actually really, mm-hmm. this is a good song. It's a fun song. It's a cute it's a cool song. song. It's a cool song. I've never heard it before until she told me about it. And I was just curious, have you ever heard that song before? What is the year? What is the year of that? I, I don't think I have. Um, I don't. I may have, you know, heard it in passing someplace but it, it's not in my mind it's it was hard for me to find because there's a song out apparently called mamacita which has or there's multiple songs called mamacita the original is this the original artist the original artist was augie rios that's the original singer of it or that's the one that do you have the original i'm gonna just see if i can find it because it just came up i've got it up do you so if, is if that you who you have, have Augie? Yeah, got it. and that's 1958 yeah, yeah play that one because this is uh, this is the actor is talking about mamacita I've totally heard it before. I don't know where I've heard it, but I do know that I've heard it before. It's a fun song. Speaking of of fun songs. um, Listen to the following mini phrases and dialogues. Y contesta con si or no. Mamacita. Donde esta Santa Claus? Donde esta Santa Claus? And the toys that he will leave. Straight No Chaser? Covering the uh, Is that time? them? I was going to ask you for Straight No Chaser. That's Straight No Chaser. That's I was going to guess like Rockapella or something like that. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna... well, I, well, CJ didn't play it, so it can't be Rockapella. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of okay. course. I so I'll, I'll bear that in mind. So this is this is <laughs> off of Wikipedia, and I know this is kind of like loose because we don't, you know, but you know, it translates to "Where's Santa Claus?" If you didn't know, um, it's a novelty Christmas song. The original was a twelve-year-old Augie Rios in 1958, which featured the Mark Jeffrey Orchestra. It is written by George Sheck, Rod Parker, and Al Grainer, and it was copyrighted. In 19- so, and the copyright is renewed and is owned by Ragtime Music now. And it was so. It's very interesting, but I've never, I've never heard it before. I've never heard it on the radio, which I'm kind of shocked with the type of 
feel the song has. It has not mm-hmm. been done again in a more updated version because it's got a very cool feel to it as well. Mm-hmm. So I had Latin to share because I was curious. Yeah, Latin pop. Like, yeah. I was curious. I, I think it's a fantastic song. I think it's a great song. And I was just, I had to ask you because your knowledge is a little more extensive with, uh, with my, than myself. And, you know, what, are, what, okay. what is that face, Kyle? Because I can see your face and you're either read and don't know how to read. <laughs> so I, I did a little, little research. Yeah. So, um, and it might be, so the, it's either um, Cheech and Chong. They refer to it in Santa Claus and His Old Lady, one of their little sketches. And it was also in A Very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. <laughs> That's hysterical. I mean, they outside of the comedy. They had a 3D movie? They had a 3D. <laughs> That's too funny. Wow. I, I have to say, though, that outside of... Oh, look, I typed it in. Oh, Caro. Or Charo? Is it Charo? Or did she say Ch- Ch- Charo? Charo, Charo, right? Charo. C-H-A-R-R-O. She yeah. did it mm-hmm. in 1999. Los Lobos did it in 2019. Um, okay, there's your, there's your versions. There's, for. yeah, yeah. Uh, Straight No Chaser. So, but I would expect there would have been possibly more. So, mm-hmm. all right, Kyle, I know what we need to work on. <laughs> you got uh, two weeks to do it. Gonna, <laughs> gonna, weeks. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Great. go. Mm-hmm. I gotta. But if if it's if the copyright, uh, no, that would be an interesting song to cover though, just because. Yeah. yeah. But I, I thank you for letting me indulge. I was I was curious because as I said, as a as a as someone who listens to music that goes decades back like that, I've never heard it. And I and I don't know if it's just culturally related because it's it's a Spanish song, but right. Feliz that's Navi- Feliz Navidad. I mean, come yeah. on, like that's popular. How right. come like so? But, that, that transcended, yeah. But it, it's it's not as common. I bet you that there are some cultural songs that, yeah. that belong to various groups that that are very popular mm-hmm. in those groups, and you don't hear it necessarily in, in mainstream radio or satellite radio or streaming or whatever. Uh, and we're not even aware of them, so that that, that might be an example of it, right there. Yeah, very. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I always, le- I love learning new stuff, so I appreciate that. Me, so me too. Like, I, I, I know <laughs> I asked her once before, and then I asked her again, like, we, because we were talking holiday music, and she gave me the song, and it's just like, I kept typing in Mamacita, but I didn't type in Donde Esta Santa Claus, so I kept getting this mm-hmm. like. Black Eyed Peas and all these other groups. I'm like, this. This is not the song. This is, just, <laughs> this is not the song. It's a whole different direction. It's like different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. Well, Darren, thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. This thank is, you both. I, I thank it's, you it's for wonderful. taking I, us. I, I, on I feel fun so journey. guilty. Uh, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I feel guilty being like you know the center of attention. Like, what do you like? And I, like my stuff. Well, is that's important. the whole point. But, but that, you know, that's I mean, point, and, yeah. To be yeah, exposed and, to and that's stuff. the cool thing is we've now done four and it's funny because my friend charlotte was saying you're really going to do eight christmas episodes it's like we've done four so far we've repeated one song or one right. version of a song right. like i mean yes we get there, there's so much out there and that's it's that's the huge point spread to, uh, so. of possibilities yeah, yeah it, absolutely yeah. I, and it's, and I, you know you brought up neil diamond which you know will afford mm-hmm. shadows an episode that we're looking into in a few weeks um, yep. about performers and and their backgrounds and all this oh, stuff. Cool. So, you know, it's awesome that you brought him up. And um, 
you know, we're going to talk about some Hanukkah songs. We're definitely going to do that. Mm-hmm. There's some fun ones, fun ones out there that Jack Black did, and uh, you know. So, but uh, I I appreciate your journey of music. It's not as obscure as Kyle's. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, there's some obscure serves, but not. It's all cool. Though. It, it was a good. Yeah. It was a good path. Kyle's took veered and made lefts and never came back from that left hand turn. Left for it. <laughs> 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 the right and sleepy stuff was right. too, too cool. And and mine was just a yep. straight timeline. <laughs> you know, because because yep. yeah. I have a little OCD and I had to keep a straight timeline. But um, nice chronology. Yes, yeah. thank you I very like much, yeah. though. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, and CJ, for you? Well, it can only go down from here, so get out of my face. <laughs> so uh, is Darren doing the closing? <laughs> well, I was going to. I, I put the closing in the chat and just like. Uh, we I have, have a the, question. Why don't you put the closing in the chat for me? Why do you make me go to Google Drive and find it? <laughs> because you have Google Drive and you should know where it is. Whereas Darren is a guest. And he's nice to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. He's trying try to keep you up on your, your Google yeah, yeah, you Drive get, knowledge you know, so you don't keep, lose it. You know? Don't want to forget things. I'm you don't want to have last-minute yeah, problems happen before a big event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a yeah. fun day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I was... We're all having a bit of that. I was going to ask Darren if he would... Uh, Give uh, give us the pleasure of reading the closing like he did for his uh, original interviewed episode, and I know this will not be his last one, and he has no choice but to jump back on at some point when we ask him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I would love you're to a perpetual guest. Honest. Thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, it. Before uh, before awesome. you read, and, do you have um, yeah, yeah. A, a piece you'd like to close out with, or should I just pick something? Mm. That's a great question. Do I have a final piece? And it doesn't have to be Christmas related if you don't want. And if it is, that's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. And you can um, you can I, think I, about it and tell me later. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, one comes to mind because I, I had mentioned sure. um, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, uh, at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I've just really been, and I also had spoken about uh, Olivia Newton-John the first time I was on, and I had forgotten. I, I mentioned the song called Magic, which I, I love that song very much. But I think even more than that song, I love the song that was co-written, or that was written, I believe, by Jeff Lynne of ELO. And that's the song from the movie Xanadu. Uh, it's the title track called Xanadu, which I love so much. Um, the other song by by, uh, by Olivia called Magic is not written by Jeff Lynne. I had thought that maybe it was an ELO song. It's not. It's written by a different a different artist, a different uh, writer. But um, in any case, Xanadu would be a song that I would love to hear. It has nothing to do with, with Christmas at all, but it's, it's a cool song. So. We can do that. But with that, uh, I can read uh, the closing note. Any final uh, thoughts or notes we need to cover? I don't think so. I think we're good. All right. Thank you for listening to Turn On The Music, the podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Follow us on Twitter at Turn On The Music and on Instagram at Turn On The Music Podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. And remember, always share the music.